Hey, it's sorry to the party. He's Bill. I'm Daniel. We fill our pop culture holes with various pieces of media. It was the first time around. This time, Bill, you didn't fall asleep, did you? I did because... a couple times. I was a little po- Oh, because the. <laughs> oh, man, no. Which because means now. The, uh, the, the vague understanding of how this works is. Which? I don't know. How the bodies get snatched. Are they still in their original bodies? What are the pods for? <laughs> So this are those are do they transfer into those bodies and those bodies teleport to the there where they fell asleep? Be called invasion of the sleepy obefies, and then now <laughs> we have two bodies, and for some reason your consciousness is to- copied to a new body, and something kind of maybe happens to your original body. Who knows? Why do they need the pod bodies if? You fall asleep and you wake up and you're a pod person. Yeah, and then the but bodies? there's also there's there's the big fake plastic pods that people carry around that also they turn into the seeds and I guess each. No, seed those aren't fake. Into- those are God. those look very heavy. Pods look Not like- paper mache at all. This movie's 1950s as fuck and it's in all the <laughs> best and worst ways possible. Yeah, we're talking about the 1956 version of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, starring mm-hmm. the bad guy from UHF. Kevin McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of other people who, can't, who no one gives a shit. I guess Sam Peckinpah plays uh, the gas meter guy, Charlie, what? in the basement. That's the only other kind of notable casting uh, shit in this movie. What about Carolyn Jones? What's Carolyn Jones? She was Morticia on the Amsterdam. What? <laughs> Becky? <laughs> no, Theodora. Oh, Teddy. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, Get I got to cue this shit up. Here. I wasn't even going to watch it this time. Else? Now I got to watch it. What? Oh, man. How? Wow, that is... Because that... Well, I guess that's a decade before the Adams Family. The fuck? And... That is and the, weird. Uh, the the doctor at the very beginning, the bald ones, the guy from the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, really? Yeah. I was too busy paying attention to Marilyn Monroe. Who's, who's the lady from uh, Dick Van Dyke show? Uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. I was too busy paying attention to her because I thought she was cute when I was a kid. Mm. Um, you weren't paying it. You, weren't, you didn't think the balding guy with the glasses was very cute? <laughs> exactly. I had seen already seen enough Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. I had my fill, mm. so I just fixated on Mary Tyler Moore. I love that little gotcha. kitty cat emblem she has on all of her TV shows, where it says MTM and little kitty roars. Anyway, yeah, we're talking. About, we're not talking about Mary Tyler Moore. We're not talking about the Great Night Show. We we're talking about hey, so nonsense. It's the invasion 50s. of the body snatchers. Yeah. Have you seen the seventies one? Uh, I had seen just a big chunk of it about a year ago. My original idea mm. was for Halloween last year was. I was going to choose either The Thing or The Invasion of the Body Snatchers and then follow that up by talking about the 70s remake of either or. Uh, Well, I guess in the case of The Thing, that's the 80s remake, the John Carpenter remake. I can't remember why, but I didn't do either of those things. And so... (laughs) I think it's because you watched some of the original Invasion uh, or The Thing and it was boring. I'm sure if we go back and... Yeah, I'm sure at some point in my one of my Halloween episodes from last year, I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to do so-and-so boring 50s movie, but it was boring in 50s. But Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, it's a bad movie. It's just... Well, it's it's only an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. but it feels like it's three hours. Well, especially because it takes a while for the plot to start, and the, it, the mechanics of how the body snatching works doesn't make any sense. They're not snatching no. bodies. They're just cloning no. people. And then if you fall, that's the thing. That's the big. T- you're told 
that, like, if you fall asleep, it's a bad thing. But it's never really articulated exactly, like, what is happening. Is is your consciousness being duplicated? Is your consciousness simply being transferred into the clone body, but in that cloning process, you're just completely stripped of emotions, and so your original body is just an empty husk? Uh, I'd I be don't very, know. I'm very curious to see if the 70s remake, which starred Jeff Goldblum and no one else, it's just him in an empty room with a double, uh... I wonder if that's that clear. I'm I'm hoping they would have clarified that, and made that more interesting. Because in this, were you're you, just like, Mwah. were you joking about nobody else being in the '70s remake? No, yeah, because he's just it's a one man show, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> well, no, because there's like at least two other. Oh yeah, there's not Kiefer Sutherland, Donald Sutherland, and no, that's that's Leonard the thing. Nimoy. That's a surprisingly star packed. Uh, for like a really for super low budget seventies uh, science fiction thriller, there's actually that cast is actually pretty bonkers. Uh, yeah. but that was that was my joke, and well, that, I think that's the first thing that Jeff Goldblum ever showed up in too. So, mm. uh, but not Earth Girls Are Easy. Was that? Not Earth Girls Are Easy. We need to talk about that someday. That's the <laughs> well, I mean, guess the this because I've never actually seen that whole thing. I remember seeing I caught bits and pieces of that on Comedy Central in like 1997. <laughs> And I remember mm. reading all about the making of it in Starlog Magazine in, like, 1989. Oh, I can't believe they, uh, they got Jim Carrey, uh, fucking, who are we talking about? Jeff Goldblum, and then one of the guys from, uh... One fuck, of the weigh-ins. Yeah, one of the weigh-ins. And actually forced those guys to put on colored monkey suits for nine months. <laughs> Yeah. And oh my god, that's was, anyway. We're not talking about that either. I like we're no, doing any excuse to talk about anything but this movie. Uh, yeah. That's not bad. It just yeah, just no. the th- in, a th- in a in a movie that like that like this like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where it's a thriller. The thriller part only works if the danger makes sense and you it's it's understandable. And then this is I mean it, it does seem to bad to be cloned. You get that? Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly what happens or what kind of threat it is. It's just so vague, and it's obviously... I always grew, grew up hearing about this movie being... It's a, a, a political parable about the spread of communism. Mm-hmm. Doing the research, I guess everyone claims that that was just made up by people who saw the film, but, like, the everyone, like, I guess the guy who wrote the book that the, the movie's based off of was like, no, it's just a scary story. It's not supposed to be a political allegory. And I guess everyone who involved the actual production of the film was like, no, it's not supposed to be political allegory. Mm-hmm. It's just supposed to be a scary movie. But that's, like, one of the only interesting things about this movie. You take away, like, the potential political allegory, and it's, it's just a dumb horror movie that makes no sense and there's no gore. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's a 1950s horror movie. It's not going to be very good. Yeah, I mean, I mean of it's course not, it's, it's not, not going to be gore scary. or anything like that. It's not scary. No. It's, no. it's atmospheric and a little spooky. And, it, of course, anything where... It's a movie where society is slowly turning against one or two lone people for, as for seemingly no reason is always going to be kind of creepy. But yeah, the reason why it's happening, the mechanics of, of the, the, the science fiction part of the story is just so underbaked. And again, we kind of talked about this with the Forbidden Planet stuff. Science fiction like this was still a relatively new thing to a lot of people in the 1950s. And so, like, either things go underexplained or if they're so like or they can be laboriously uh, overexplained or situations like this where there doesn't seem to be that much thought 
put into mm-hmm. well, because like if you if, if you've watched Star Trek or Doctor Who or anything, any other science fiction stuff that's followed in this wake, they've done this story before and they've made they've they've had the chance to improve upon this story. So going back to the original source material, at least in terms of the movies or t- television, you kind of see all the warts and everything before everyone else had a chance to kind of polish it up and refine it. And yeah, I, I, and also, why do they want to change this guy into an alien so bad? They could just kill him and move on with their lives. That's the kind of thing you think at that point, especially when he's about to run off and tell everyone in the world, and he's threatening your plan. Just have the cop shoot him. Yeah, the cops had him with a gun, and mm-hmm. yeah, and like you're not quite sure. Like, okay, so it's aliens invading. Is it, like, the world's end kind of thing where they think they're, like, improving society by stripping humanity of all of its emotions so everyone's more controlled and it's, a, like, a stable it government? Like, yeah, it's like, do they, have they been doing this to all kinds of plants? Is, is this an yeah, organized intentional it... invasion? Or is this just what these parasitic pods do and they, as they drift through the galaxy at completely at random? I mean, not, not, that you, not that you need to know that to make the story make more sense, but something like that no. would at least kind of, like paced over the, the yeah the kind of confusion of like well, the mechanics of how their invasion works and yeah so. i think it was just somebody said hey i got this idea really what if your cousin wasn't your cousin and somebody else says chomped on their cigar and says that's brilliant <laughs> you're gonna write that story yeah and somebody had the the, the 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 image of somebody walking to a greenhouse and finding like a bunch of copies of themselves and their friends growing in the greenhouse and they're like whatever as long as what we if- just bring that picture to to the big screen it doesn't matter what the mechanics are, as long as it's kind of scary and you have the guy running at the end saying, You're next! You're mm-hmm. next! That's all you need to make the movie, that's all they really worry about. It's so. people! It's uh, people! Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, that's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Next week, what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, see you next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least well, it's only 120 minutes long. It's relatively briskly paced, even though it takes a while to get to the punch. I mean, it does start off... Yeah. Uh, the guy's well, already start- nuts. Yeah, he's ranting and raving and screaming all shit out of him. Yeah. And, and telling everybody he's not crazy while acting as crazy as humanly possible. It's the kind of funny thing. So this is Kevin McCarthy, who, again, he played the villain from UHF, which I cracks me up because he's such an asshole at UHF. But he's kind of like this rat-faced guy with like these like slightly buck teeth and kind of wild eyes. He's got the, w- and he's got the weirdest a, he's got, yeah. big chin. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got like cartoon chin and like a, a fucking duck ass haircut when it gets wet and sweaty he looks extra like a, like a bull haircut um yeah. and oh god oh we already skipped i only what? took like two notes from this movie in the credits uh mm-hmm. i guess this is presented by walter wanger and I, my mm-hmm. joke was presents walter's wang this is the kind of caliber <laughs> shit I had to stretch for whole time notes for this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's good um, stuff there. We did uh, Forbidden Planet last week, so this makes this the second project in a row. We were talking about a movie that uh, uh, is referenced in Joe Dante's original Gremlins movie mm. uh, at some point. I can't remember exactly what happens. I think it's after the Gremlins eat after midnight for the first time and they start they cocoon themselves into the eggs. I think Gizmo mm-hmm. and Billy are watching TV and uh, Billy's flipping the channels and he happens across the end of this movie where Kevin McCarthy's in traffic screaming, you're next! You're next! And Gizmo's kind of like eyeing the, 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 the Gremlin cocoons that are in the corner, kind of gestating, kind of thinking about like, you know, it's like juxtaposition of like that with the eggs is all kind of creepy and scary uh, because Gremlins also had Robbie the robot and mm. those are all the notes I took in this movie <laughs> you know there's
There's Yay. one more we're gonna get to. The movie takes place in Santa Maria, California, which is also the same town that the events of Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, the best oh. Halloween movie, uh, takes place. Which I'm assuming it's Santa. I know for a fact that Santa Maria is a fictional town, so I'm assuming they just made it up. Well, I guess I guess whoever made a. Well, actually, have you ever seen Halloween Three: Season of the Witch? No. Oh, we should talk about that sometime because it's ter- It's a terror. Yes, it's, a- it's on the it's- list. It's hair. I don't even. That's a movie. I don't even want to talk up. But it is a movie about there's people being replaced and stuff like that. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of body snatchers in there, even though it's not the driving force of the whole film. That's all I know. That's it. That's all my notes for the movie, and that's all within okay. the first five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they he's at a hospital. Yeah. He's crazy. They bring a doctor in to be like, hey, figure this crazy fuck out. Yeah. And so they're like, hey. But what's the story? And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm not crazy. Why? Oh, God, I'm crazy. And he's saying I'm not crazy while he's, like, scratching at the walls and grabbing everybody at the shoulders and yelling yeah. at them. He's not doing the greatest job of not presenting himself no. as being crazy. He's a doctor. You'd think he'd have a brain on him to be like, yeah, well, calm down. Me, yeah. you're not going to believe this story, but I'll tell it to you as calmly and rationally as I can. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Starts so he had been out of town. Yeah. He'd been out of town traveling. Uh, he got home, but things were already getting shifty around there. He was sus- he wasn't suspicious yet, but yeah. he was he out of town presenting down. a like a medical paper or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, his nurse picks him up from the rail yard. Yeah. He's all in super nineteen fifties. He's got his little little fifties hat, and the mm-hmm. girl's like wearing like an angirl angora sweater. It's like almost like a Ned Wood movie. Hmm. And. Um, People have been asking where he's at. They need appointments with the doctor. And also, hey, Becky's back in town. And she wants to see you. Remember how hard you were for her? Hells yeah, get ready to get horny, man. Yeah. And then he almost hits a kid with his car when they're driving back. Yeah, they're driving past and a fruit stand, which is all kind of like now uh, dilapidated and stuff. And this kid's running mm-hmm. out in the street trying to run away from his mom, I guess. Or grandma, grandma something. Who, it's, it's who like can Mrs. tell in the 1950s? Yeah, because it's, it, people looked 102 <laughs> when they were 37. I mean, yeah, this is a generation that grew up during the Depression, so I guess everyone already looked like they look. They look like they're 20 by the time they were 12. So yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to go to school or some shit. And then Miles' voiceover was like, "That shit should have told me something was wrong." Yeah. Plus, that vegetable stand was closed, and it was straight up bumping last time I came through this area. Mm-hmm. That's what's sad. So at <laughs> least, at least the movie doesn't waste your time with getting to at least symptoms of something being wrong. Right? It, it happens pretty quickly, at least. Yep. And he's at his clinic, he's had a rash of canceled appointments. Oh no! Yeah, the Everybody bumper crop of people sick. who were trying to get his, uh, trying to get checked up while he was gone, so suddenly now no longer need to get mm-hmm. appointments made. It's like no one got the sniffles at all. No. Or this, everyone he's... got the sniffles at the same time, but suddenly the sniffles went away. Mm-hmm. And he's about to take his lunch when Becky shows up, oh, and rah rah rah, she doing? tells him. Her, her cousin's acting all crazy, saying her uncle isn't really her uncle, and he's an imposter. There's got to be something wrong oh, with Becky her. Becky says Can that? You check her out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Becky's and, like... Well, she sa- Becky says that her cousin 
is oh, okay. thinking that about oh, her. Oh, and then we're going to see the... Man, Becky's wearing, yeah. like, man, and the women in this this movie are... It's like 1950s shit. Becky's wearing, like, this like this 50s dress where it looks like she's taking a bubble bath at the top because it's all, like, frilly bubbles and stuff like that. It just kind of <laughs> yeah. cracks me up, yeah. She, she's, and she's, like, wearing, like, little pearl earrings that seems to be... It looks like she should be going out to dinner, not just, like, hanging out in this, like, fucking one... Uh, one fucking red stoplight town. Uh, Can you imagine? She's she's been in London or Europe or something. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. Going yeah. from London to Europe to this podunk town. <laughs> fucking, it's like. And being like, I guess I'll eat at the the flying terrace or whatever the, the fuck, fuck it's called. Uh. Where did where did Andy Griffith take place in Mayberry? This place yeah. makes, makes Mayberry look like Metropolis. It's like yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. Oh, yeah, so I guess both of these guys have been out of town for a little while. She's been out of town for, like, four or five years, because, what, she go off to yeah. college or something like that? Uh, no, she was in... Well, I don't know why she was there, but she was in Europe. Yeah, because they both talk about, like, they were both in Prague at the... Like, uh, like four months ago, but they accidentally didn't bump into each other. I need to get some cat well, no, so or what, like that. Well, no, <laughs> so what is... Is, um... Ah. She got back from London and has been in Reno. Oh, and he Reno, says, oh, okay. I, I was in Reno too. Oh, I'm sorry it didn't work out. And now they're Lodge Brothers. Except he's paying dues while she's collecting them. What? What? Was this Reno? What? Is it? It's the 1950s Reno. Was that where you went to bury the body of your ex? I, what? I mean, I guess, did they only invent gambling did until you, after this happened? I don't know. Well, yeah. No. Could you only get a divorce in Reno in the 1950s? Is that what they're referencing? Because they we later both I find think, out they are both well, divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Is that oh, what Oh, that totally... I didn't realize that's a veiled... Oh, that's interesting. So they're both like, we shouldn't be taking what they're saying about Reno at face value, then. This movie suddenly got yeah. depth to it that I didn't appreciate before. Very good movie. It got depths? You know, I'm actually kind of surprised, because I know in the 50s, it was a whole big thing, like, you know, you don't want to say you're divorced. I'm kind of surprised you have two stars of a movie filmed in 1955 talking about, oh, yeah, we both got divorced. I don't... Except I don't think they ever say the word divorce. No, yeah, because it's all like, oh, my husband. <laughs> oh, fuck, no, don't no, have it. God forbid, because baby Jesus will come down and cry on you if you get your divorce, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, um... Fucking white people <laughs> they, in the 50s. What they, the fuck? Call mm-hmm. the fuck down, everybody. It's okay. They go outside, see a cop. Miles is like, hey, my nurse said you want to really hot to come in and see me. And the cop's like, toward nothing. And then it leaves. Yeah. And Miles and Becky go their separate ways, and time passes at the end of the day. And the boy, who he almost hit with his car earlier, and his grandma brings him in, and she's like, This boy's acting hysterical. He says his mom, not his mom. I don't know what the hell to do. Can you give him some pills? And he's like, Fuck yeah, I'll give him all the pills. Take this this cocaine, and we'll check on you in the morning. See how it goes. He gives gives grandma like four files of cocaine. Yeah. Force these down this, force a file down this kid's throat once every four hours for the next day. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. He'll have him stay with you for a couple days, Grandma. And then um, he he tells little Jimmy he's going to stay with his grandma a couple days, slaps him on the ass, and sends him on his way. Slaps him on the... Why did that grown-ass man slap that little boy on the ass? Village UHF! Jesus Christ, don't hit him! No. Don't hit the boy in the buttocks. (laughs) 1950s, you stop, Yeah, 19... Yeah, I... That long ago, it's only sixty. It's all less than a lifetime ago, but it seems like a different planet. Mm-hmm. God. So, 
<laughs> so, See, I just want to take it out. He really does whack him on the ass like a horror. Yeah. Oh my god, Larry! <laughs> so then, uh, what the hell is wrong he with people? He tells the nurse, "Hey, call that boy's mother. Tell them, tell her what just happened." You fucking narc. Oh <laughs> yeah. Shit. And then I he guess goes it's and sees Becky's. Hey, it's a white guy in the fifties. He's got to be a narc. That's the whole point of being a white yeah. guy in the fifties. Like, if you're not being a I narc, suppose. you're not doing your job. So he goes and sees Becky cousin is like after talking to her uncle's being like, Yeah, oh. that's your uncle Ira. And she's like, Fuck you, he's sober. Do you know the last time anybody <laughs> in the nineteen fifties was sober? Actually, Never. That's she... when his glassy eyes have life in them now. That's <laughs> well, the guy is right kind I of a scumbag. This. He's got like a denim jacket on. Did they actually say anything about him being sober? Because no, I wouldn't be even surprised if that maybe the subtext. 1950s. Yeah, okay. Nineteen fifties, <laughs> nobody was sober. So I mean, they uh, are, they are, like they do spend some time like drinking highballs while in the middle of like trying to figure out what's going yes. on in the middle of this mystery. So God. there's no emotion, just the vague form of it, just like he's pretending to have it. And yeah. Miles is like, <laughs> Miles says, "Hey, I'm on your side, but shit, girl, it's all in your head. It's inside you. You're the problem. But I'm on your side. I'm on your side." Man, and I do appreciate the fact that there's no one identifiable thing about these people that comes across as wrong. That the the the, 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 the well, I guess you can't call them victims, but like the people who recognize what's happening can't point to as evidence as being it which does make that like potentially a scary situation where it's just like it's it's reducing your reaction to other people down to such like an animal level that you can't articulate it to to other people what's wrong with the situation and the movie doesn't do anything yeah. with that it's just yeah it's it's a great idea but just kind of wasted in this version of the story yeah and then um her aunt comes out and is like, Oh, Miles, I didn't know you were back in town. You want to stay for dinner? I'm making spoon bread. <laughs> Did she Whatever say spoon the bread? fuck that is. Fuck yeah. Is, is that like, is that like Southern Californian for dumplings? Or like, what the hell? Yeah, fucking who, who knows? Fuck I ain't gonna yeah. look it up. <laughs> and that's some oh, knowledge I don't need in my yeah, head. Yeah, spoon bread. So I then, could, mm, no. <laughs> so I can imagine a couple so, uh, things that could be like sexual. And, yeah. He's like, nah, I gotta go put the moves on Becky this evening. Really? Now so, we gotta spend the next 20 minutes of the movie with them just, like, being all goo-goo at each other, yeah. So he tells Becky cousin, hey, I'm gonna make an appointment for you to see a shrink. I'm out. They leave. And then his voiceover says, somewhere in the back of my mind, warning bells were going off. Shit was crazy around town. But I ignored him, because fuck it, whatever. Yeah. I got Becky to mess with. <laughs> I mean, so him and Becky. to be fair, he's got such a motive for Becky, I kind of wonder if he would have been more proactive in any of this if, if Becky wasn't there being all like, Oh, how you doing? We haven't been hung out for a while. We should go out to dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh... She's cute, though. I mean, I'd be distracted. That evening, him and Becky go to the Sky Terrace, the restaurant. <laughs> the one restaurant they... in town. Yeah, they run into an old doctor and a psychiatrist. Those two gentlemen are having the finest of dates. They, and, they uh, arched the car by them, so they're in a, they're in a fucking convertible, just like hanging out. They just make it out and they get the way. Yeah, they just pull out and almost run, run the heroes <laughs> yeah. over. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Miles winks and says, "I'll never tell." And then uh, they he start to the, talk. He does that fifties things where he like slides his finger across his nose, like his nostril, just be like, "Oh, it's a secret." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, the psychiatrist, what the fuck's going on? And he's the, uh, does 1950 stuff. Of, oh, some kind of contagious mass hysteria. Yeah, he's sort. so blasé about it. It's been going on for two weeks. I haven't thought too much about it, though. Yeah. And hey, that ain't real. <laughs> this, 
really is. Uh, whatever. Like, and they said, oh, yeah, they really do just kind of tip their hats to each other and say, okay, I'll talk later. And it's just like, yep. do, do you want to call someone else and say, hey, like, no. we've got mass hysteria for, in here for two weeks and it's obviously not getting better? Like, no, no just because it's a movie. Mm hmm. Can't do anything I'm about it until it becomes too late. The two men drive off to Lover's Lane, and Miles and Becky go inside after they share an old-timey smooch. Where they smash and smooch. Yeah, you have to grab the other person by the shoulder and, like, rub their cheeks against your mouth or whatever the fuck, yeah. And then this, this dialogue transaction happens. She says, Santa Mira's looking up, and he says, it has been ever since you got back. Yeah. Is this a, an example of your bedside manner, Doctor? It no definitely man. seems ADR, That too. comes later. Uh, oh, it, you know what? I thought that was actually a pretty saucy line for 1956. Were they, were they talking about his penis when she said, Santa Mira's looking up? And he said, it, it has been since you got back? He said, Santa Mira's Spanish for my penis. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Inside the place is fucking empty as shit. Literally. It's been like, that way for like two or three weeks. Yeah. The, there isn't even a band. He had to fire There's him. no wait staff. It's just the guy, the, like the owner of the restaurant. He's like mixing drinks and everything. And there's no one else. Mm -hmm. Like the place is a fucking tomb. Which I'm... They, uh, never mind. I was going to say, yeah. which means maybe the psychiatrist and the other doctor weren't pod people yet, but... Well, no, you Because they so. went there... But then again, I don't think this movie follows its own rules. Well, that, that would well. actually be interesting if they actually are pod people already, and so they're already helping debunk things by saying, "Hey, it's mass mass hysteria." That would explain why they're so blasé about this the situation. But yeah, yeah, interesting. Yep. But uh, they dance to the juice box for a little bit while the bar owner makes some martinis. But then he gets a phone call because. If Miles is out, he's getting drunk at the Sky Terrace. Yeah. He does, earlier uh, when he was talking to his secretary, he does take notice of, like, he, do, he, do, he does tell the secretary, like, I'll be out at this place. Which I thought that was a nice yeah. little touch, and it kind of explains why he is able to receive, I think it's like half a dozen times in this movie, he receives a phone call somewhere where he's not at home. Like, it would be very hard to track people unless he was specifically telling his secretary, tell everyone, who, anyone who's looking for me, calling for me, tell them to call here. Yeah, so. Yeah. So he gets a phone call, and um, oh, shit. he's got to go see what's so important to interrupt him macking on Becky. So they go see what urgent at this house, and a couple waspy fucks come out to meet them. Oh, yeah, that is Morticia. She's got that forehead. she got the five head. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. That's interesting. It, it's Morticia Adams, and a dude who looks like the phrase, Tennis Anyone, came <laughs> to life. It's Tennis Bing Crosby. Because he's got, like, this collared, sh like, sweatshirt on, and yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's hurt? No, what, what's going on? It's a puzzler. And he's like, I need you to have a look at this, doctor. Inside on the pool table's if a body. you're this dude, why are you calling the doctor? Call the fucking cops. I don't know. This, 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 what happens makes no sense because there's a body. It looks like it's still forming, like a first impression yeah. stepped on a coin. Not it just, isn't finished. And then, a metaphor that the more I think of does, makes less and less sense. This is the thing that they're already talking about. It's not even a thing where like, at first they think someone got drunk and climbed in naked on top of this dude's pool table to, to take a nap. No, they're already like, hey, we came home and there's a. Uh, there's a forming alien body on our billiard Do table. Do they say that? They, they don't say, say alien. Where it came from? No, well, they just say, well, no, I don't, th th I, that's one of the other weird things. That, like, 
Yeah. I, I get this movie's trying to move fast, but they never articulate where this came from. He's just like, oh, yeah, no, we just came in here and this dude was already... No, they don't... This they don't body was important. here. They don't ask... Hey, Miles doesn't ask important questions like where the body came no, from. No, it's just... Oh, hey. Why is it here or how long it's been here? If you didn't... Why is it made of goo? If you weren't a human being who didn't understand how fundamentally weird the scene is, you would just assume human beings just sometimes come home and there's strange naked men laying on top of your gaming table. And you just, and, and it's not so much that there's a naked, strange, naked man. It's like, oh, the most curious thing is that he seems to be an alien being who's forming, uh, gradually turning into the person who just found this. That's the remarkable thing that I don't, that, that that's that's the only thing anyone in the scene wants to talk about. Where it's like, yeah, there's some other questions here that should be attended to on top of everything else. But yeah, well, they're also all really calm about it. No, yeah, no, everyone's like hanging they out do. at the dude's bar and he's pouring him drinks while like Kevin McCarthy is like, yeah, like. Like, just slowly going over and find out this dude's got no fingertips well, or anything like that? I mean, they they are like, hey, give me an inkwell, because I want to take his fingerprints. Yeah. Because I don't know why, but then there's none. And they're like, oh my goodness gracious. I feel like he couldn't just look at the Who's fingers now? and realize that they're smooth. He had to, like, do yeah. the whole fingerprinting process <laughs> and then realize there's no finger fingerprints, but yeah. And then Morticia's like, how tall is it? And he's like, I don't know, 5'10". And she's like, how much does it weigh? And he's like, I don't know, 145. And she's like, Jax? Jax? That's Jack, and he. he I, okay. This movie was on, not made to be able to be rewound because he cuts his hands, but he does not cut it on anything. No, it's just the thing. He's that just holding a bottle, and then he drops it. Yeah, and then the just the plot makes <laughs> him something like, get a cut geez. on his hand. Yeah, that's yep. what I, I kind of wonder if they filmed this movie in a rush where, like. Uh, the, you think little things like that, like even from a like, I could see the script may have been underbaked, but like you think from a directing perspective, in order to justify things happening within the scene that have to happen to, uh, for the plot to move forward, you would justify little bits of business that would that would justify what's happening. But no, it just shit ha happens as happens as randomly as it seems uh, seems to happen in this half baked script. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, the wife uh, Teddy is like. Hey, I'm not crazy for thinking that thing. Turns into Rick and Morty. <laughs> what? I'm not she is at the bar, so she couldn't. Be she totally is like, no, I'm not. I'm not crazy for thinking that thing is turning into my husband. Am I? Uh, you're very, very, unbearably going to be a body snatchers episode on that show. Uh, but oh, yeah, there, I'm sure there has been already. But um, and, and I love that like they're calmly talking about it while this guy is still on their fucking billiard table too. You think it would get, yeah. to get him off the table just so he doesn't actually shit on it or something too? <laughs> Miles is like, ah, oh, don't be silly. Our husband's standing right here, slapping back his this glass of booze <laughs> as like, he clean his hand. God damn, mainlining what it. A and weird sure, movie. that that body is a giant goo doll that's just got a smooth Ken-like groin well, region. You're looking at it, but, you're uh, out how its features are changing. <laughs> But it turning into your husband? Well, that's just silly no, talk. No, that's just that's just crazy women talk. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, kind of the attitude. It's like what? Becky says they should call the police and have the body taken out of there. And Miles is like, "Oh, I'm afraid that isn't just a dead body." And I'm not going to elaborate on that sentence at all. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's, it's an utterance made just to like it almost seems like it was an utterance made just for the trailer. But within the context of the scene, it makes no. Yeah, he doesn't follow up on her or anything. Like, it's like, <laughs> nope. okay, what? Yeah. So he wonders if there's some connection between the crazy shit going on around town, people thinking that other people aren't the people, and this. Yeah. Hey, gee, you think? So you went to college, huh? <laughs> hey, man, it's 1950s. Colleges were that great. 1940s, oh. even. God damn. So, yeah. 
they were rebuilding uh, after World War II. All the colleges got bombed in America. He's uh, like, uh... Watch it all night. If nothing happens, yeah, call the police. If, if something happens, happens, call me. What? I mean, again, this is the only reason that justifies this guy not staying there and watching the body until the police can come. Is like, Ilani decides to wander off with Betty, so... I well, get and, being and in his she, position of like, okay, like, spend the night watching this body or fuck Betty. I'm going to go fuck Betty. But, well, fuck. yeah, Jack is like, hey, you don't want to stay. And Miles is like, dude, I've been rock hard for four hours since I picked <laughs> Becky up. I don't want to stay here like, and watch a corpse. You know, or I want to lay some pipe. Get like, the fuck out like, of here. You know, actually, as a doctor, it's not just a matter of blue balls, but like, I, I'm as a doctor, I'm fully aware what like having a boner for six hours can do to the <laughs> to like permanently damage your body. I need to get mm-hmm. this situation solved. I'll come back later. Call me if there's a problem. Yeah. Yep. So he finishes his boozy drink <laughs> and uh, back to driving he goes. Exactly. Well, town is only four houses wide, so yeah. Mm-hmm. He takes uh, Becky home and is like, fuck yeah, girl, let's go play doctor. But before they can, sinister music happens and a shadow looms on the wall. Oh, no, it's her dad. Hey, dad. He looks like he Walt Disney. He's got a little out. pencil mustache and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he looks like he's only 10 years older than that. Yeah, well, Hello. 1950s. Yeah. I wonder if these characters are supposed to be like 30 years old and he's only supposed to be like 40 or 50. I don't know what the hell. Yeah. This. Who can tell? Who can tell? You know, it's when the you 50s. look at you look at old timey movies and you're always like, those people are eighty. Yeah. I'm sure if you, we looked at the Even kid- if the even if it's somebody younger than you, like if I watch if we ever watch a James Dean movie, he's still gonna seem old even though exactly. he was a baby yeah. in it. But anyhow, he was working down in a shop and he's like, Hey Miles, you want a nightcap? And Miles like, No thanks, calls him a clock bo- cock blocking son of a bitch and leaves to ran alone in the car about how he didn't get to oh. Yeah, he's gotta go fuck a pumpkin now. Mm-hmm. Oh. And at the at the corpse house, uh the cuckoo clock wakes the couple up and Morticia looks at the body and now it looks exactly like Jack. He even got the cut on its hand. Yeah. Pretty sneaky, and the sis. It just looks like it's just Hershey syrup on his palm. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> freaks out and they flee to go to Miles' place. And uh, he calls someone to come over. The psychiatrist, I guess. Something, something, they... Yeah, I, I'm assuming. Is that the same psychiatrist in the, in the on the double date earlier? Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, he goes, he goes in to make some coffee in the kitchen. And Jack is like, "Hey, think Becky is okay?" And he's. <laughs> He's remembers a voiceover remembers that yeah. dad was working in the basement, just in case we forgot what happened literally two minutes ago. This could have just been an extension of the scene we just saw, but no. <laughs> this again, the kind of weirdly paced and plotted this movie is too, just like my speech patterns. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he what is he runs over in his pajamas back to Becky's, leaving. Well, he had. The voiceover says he has the feeling Becky was in danger. Yeah. And he tore out of there like a... Leaving the was... people who just escaped their home with an alien-forming mm-hmm. body in it all alone, <laughs> alone again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I was going to ring the doorbell, but I was like, nah, I want to be a creep. So I started sneaking around the side of the house. Yeah. 
and then he breaks a window into the basement and slides in, getting glass all over his asshole. I was asshole. about to say, I could see uh, sliding in through a broken window wearing jeans or something like that, but when you're in your, like, your silk pajamas, man, you're leaving yourself extra vulnerable <laughs> slicing yourself up. I know that's not the point of this scene, but I watch nah. movies like this, I'm always like, ah, he can, he can, yep. he's only got slippers on. It's not like he's got heeled shoes where like if he's going to be walking on that broken glass. Anyway. Walk it on, walk it on, broken <laughs> So glass. he's just stalking around in the basement, and he finds yeah, out. Yeah, lighting matches, and then he opens up a, a, a storage cabinet, finding a Becky, naked Becky body. <laughs> He's oh, like, oh, this Dad, is the best thing no. that's happened to me in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Yeah. And he goes upstairs and finds Becky asleep in her bed. Or I, I'm sorry, did I say sleep? I meant pass the fuck out drunk because she does not wake up. Oh. Oh, and I guess this is suggesting that this is the her brain is being uploaded into her copy now? I guess. And that's why she's so hard to wake up. Although maybe doesn't he, no does he carry because it happens like instantaneously no but he ends up but don't, doesn't she he carries her off back to his house and next thing though she's just awake right yeah yeah magically she's, but like yeah and, but then and, the body he does go back to that house later the body's to think this what. Well, back at Miles' place, yeah, Miles' place. The psychiatrist is there, and they leave Becky and and Teddy alone as they go to look at all the fresh bodies they've done found. But shockingly, the body is gone from the pool table; just some blood left there. And the shrink is like, "Man, you only saw the body of a murdered man, not a goo monster." And hey, you can stab someone with an ice pick at the the base of the brain, and no one would even notice the puncture wound. Not that I've done anything. I know, yeah. This is one of those things where the explanation, the overwrought explanation for how this could not have happened, it raises almost more questions than, oh, there was a dead alien body that was duplicating Fred over here, laying on this table. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, okay, what? Okay. Yeah. I'm assuming this... So, is it safe to assume that this guy's probably cloned right now and he's just making up shit Yeah, I'd assume so. That's that's the only thing that covers up so many of the plot holes and character uh, fwibbles in this movie is like, I guess they must be clones now because otherwise what they're saying makes no fucking sense, yeah. Yep. So, this old cocksucker is like, ah, fuck whatever, it was just a dead body. And you just imagine that other body, let's not be silly about all this. Uh, and, and so they go see the other body. It's just a pile of rags. Don't tell Becky you confused her for a pile of rags. That will <laughs> knock over well. No, yeah, you know, yeah, if, you, if you proposition her anytime soon for marriage. Barney Gubble stuck his head in the window and said, Wow, his princess died! <laughs> Also, well, even one last time with the alien not naked body that was on the billiard table, isn't the Shrink's excuse that, like, someone murdered that guy and we burned his body in a hayfield just two hours ago? Isn't no, that? So like, the, wait, what? The, the dad comes downstairs and is like, what is this, an asshole convention? Oh, okay, what, with Becky's and, body? And, yeah. And he's got a shotgun, and the police show up. It's this fat mustache cop sticking his head, and is like, what's going on? We just found a body burning in a haystack. The fingerprints were burned off with acid and everything. Oh, okay. Isn't that so incredibly convenient? We were able to notice that fingerprints were burned off, even though the body was burning. Oh, this is the cop. All the main dudes are in this are in are in uh, Becky's basement too. Is this the thing where the cop just happens to come by the broken window and just sticks his head in to give this exposition for no reason? 
Yep, yeah. <laughs> Which again, if he's a clone, I guess it makes sense. Maybe the clones are keeping tabs on these guys, and with the moment when they uh, they they come close to figure out what's going on, he's just gonna stick his head in the window to be like, nope, uh, that body we burned. Oh, this movie's dumb as shit. <laughs> Not in the way they intended yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. So then everybody just wipes their hands together and says, "Case closed." Yeah, we're the fucking Scooby Doo Squad. We did our job. Burp. Let's go home. ABC All-Star Saturday continues after these messages. Fuck! Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Make them listen to me before it's too late! Listen to me. Please, listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! from another world, spawned in the light years of space, unleashed to take over the bodies and souls of the people of our planet, bringing a new dimension in terror to the giant super scope screen. Whatever intelligence or instinct it is that can govern the forming of human flesh and blood out of thin air is fantastically powerful, beyond any comprehension. A cursed, dreadful, malevolent thing was happening to those he loved. It isn't just an ordinary body, is it? I never saw one like it. It looks... unused. The sensational star discovery of the view from Poppy's head. And now an undreamed of horror makes her life and love a vortex of fear. Jack! <sighs> Miles, where do they come from? I don't know. Suddenly, while you're asleep, they'll absorb your minds, your memories. I don't want any part of it. You're forgetting something, Miles. What's that? You have no choice. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spreads. As the unimaginable becomes real, the impossible becomes true. Stop and listen! Stop and listen to me! Listen! Listen! Listen to me! Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show. Yeah. Oh, God. So they all leave. Next morning, Becky's making eggs in her high-waisted jeans. Oh, yeah. And... She's, man, she, I think the costume designer invented mom jeans for just for this, this scene right <laughs> uh-huh. here. Yeah. Yep. They hear a noise in the basement. Oh, it's so spoopy, but it's just the gas man. Or it's Sam it? Peckinpah saying, hey, guys, give me 10 years. I'm going to direct the most bloody fucking Western movie of all time. Hey, it's the 1950s. Gas fed were just able to walk into your house unannounced to just fuck with your shit. <laughs> this is one of those things, too, where it's like, is it this movie just n- being terrible at plotting? Or in the 1950s, did the gas man just let himself into your and basement I, to rifle I guess, around? I guess that's a red herring because he doesn't actually, nothing's actually in his basement. No, that's a good point. And what the. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? The, the, and this, that, the, the thing with Becky's body is just a completely dropped plot thread. Who knows, Who the fuck knows what happened? Yep, yeah. so they think nothing of it, and 
talk about how she made eggs for his ex and his ex made him eggs for him, yeah. but he was never there to eat them. This is a waste of eggs. And the more they say eggs, the more it becomes a double entendre where they're just like mm. raising their eyebrows at each other, like making lewd gestures with their lips and tongues. Jack comes bounding in with a uh, sweater tied around his neck and a tennis racket in his hand. So, has anybody got any coffee? <laughs> Which actually kind of weird. It's very cute. I'm going to take it to Theodora, but he doesn't feel Theodora. right taking her home, so they're just going to leave her there with Miles. Yeah, he then... does ask, like, do you mind if you just have new housemates indefinitely until we figure out what's going on with this alien zombie invasion? Yeah, yeah. he runs into Becky's cousin in town, Miles does, and uh, she's like, hey, you can cancel that psychiatrist shit. All I needed was a good night's sleep. My uncle's my uncle now. <laughs> totally cool. We just came back from playing Parcheesi. And he's like, that's cool. Becky's at my house. I'm not I'm not telling you for any reason. I just felt like bragging. <laughs> we have bedded together. Our loins have yeah. been interlocked. Congratulations. He's guys. like, give her a call. She'll, she'll want to know that you're good now. And she's like, oh, I will. And then she goes inside her shop. But now she's acting sinister and bum, serious. Bum, bum. And Becky's dad is in there messing with something. And she's like, hey, Becky's at his house oh boy twist at his office the little boy's in his waiting room and thinks his mom is the bee's knees everything's covered up Melhouse in this town <laughs> oh yeah and then it's evening again at his house and they're having a good old-fashioned missing dead body barbecue they're having like a little festive party they're joking about how the martinis aren't dry enough and it's so like I guess they, I mean, I guess they did establish it in their mind's eye that, like, everything's been resolved, so everything's cool, so they can, although if that's true, then why are fucking, uh, the fucking tennis guy and Teddy still living there? Like, why don't they, did they just have, did they just decide to have one last, like, alcoholic barbecue before they just went, went their separate ways again? What the fuck's going on? Anyway, they're having a barbecue, crazy shit goes down in, in the greenhouse. Oh, well, he's like, hey, can you make me a martini? And she's like, do you want it dry or fucking real dry? And he's like, doesn't matter. I'm going to use it to light the fire. Can't get this charcoal. <laughs> oh, is, wait, is that what he's actually doing? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> like, don't make don't make him a mixed drink. Just splash some alcohol out there. Yeah. Don't it's just waste the time. Did they not but, invent uh, lighter fuel? Lighter fluid? Miles, Miles is like, I got something that could light your fire and goes in his greenhouse and there's pods in there. Oh, he doesn't no. Doesn't notice him for a while till he does notice them and bum bum bum. <laughs> and then, then they, they they open up and they spew soap suds and <laughs> uh, like big boogers or something like that. Yeah. Yep, it's a giant foaming pod leaking and farting all over the place <laughs> and causes Dutch angles to happen on the camera. Exactly. Yeah, it's 1950s. And Jack shit. is like, "Fuck it, I ain't standing for this. I'm gonna destroy the fuck out of it." And Miles is like, "No, no." It's not a danger till it's fully formed, so let's not just. Well, then don't let it get fully take, formed, you asshole. Take photos. Are you like fucking like what's yeah like? Oh, yeah. So he's like, hey, we gotta search every house in town to alert all the men and women. We have to give these pods plenty of time to form while we magically run off to like what the fuck? Oh, I hate this and movie. Jack is like. Now we're Jack's actually like, getting in the nitty gritty about why this movie doesn't make any sense. This is actually making me aggravated at this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That, it's not the first time that's happened. Yeah, but it's just... Uh, so, uh, so uh, Jack points out the police can't be trusted. They didn't find no body burning in a haystack. 
Why does he suddenly distrust them? Now that because that because the cop was like, we found a body burned in a haystack with no fingerprints. Like, I just don't like if this dude is fully uh, finally being uh, becoming fully aware of what the, uh, what's at stake here. Yeah, why does he touch the torch? That whole fucking greenhouse. Like, is he is he hoping just to call in scientists from out of town to well, come? Well, I don't in know why they all don't just leave town right then. Seriously. Why do why does Miles have to stick around and, so and like, be like this, I'm going to snoop around spend for all a while. night and like just checking out every other t uh, house in town assuming that they're all going to be empty so we could find other like uh, if you can especially if you're at the point where you just simply cannot trust any authorities in that town go yeah exactly destroy yeah. the pods that are great and you know what's happening to the pods it's one thing if, if you at the if at this this point in the movie you're like oh they're they, they're not quite aware of what the stakes are they don't know what the pods are going to turn into they're just dumb but they know at this point in the movie they know exactly what's happening and they're being total fucking idiots so yeah well he's smart at miles is smart enough to go inside and call up the operator and say get me the fbi yeah and she's like, hey, I let it ring like three or four times. They're not picking up. I don't know what to tell you. And then he's like, oh, well, then give me the number of the governor or whatever. I love the and, idea that, um, like, he, for some reason, will have a direct line to the governor of California, but whatever, yeah. And also, while he's on not hold, that good he, of a has doctor. To, he has to give various 1950s theories on where the pods might have come from. Yeah. Who knows? Radiation? I don't know. You know what this movie needed? Because they needed, can't just be. We needed some therapin, ther uh, theraflu. This movie needed some theraflu. This movie needed some therapy. Ther I can't. <laughs> theremin. Theremin music to like mm. kind of like smooth over the rough edges of the scene, just to add an extra. Yeah. Ugh. He can't get through to the FBI. Can't get through to the governor, but they'll call him back if they get him. <laughs> so he takes the Jesus. phone outside. He tells Jack and Teddy, get the fuck out of town. Becky, too, but she won't leave. Yeah. She wants to stay with him, and she gets to wait for the phone to ring. That's her job so for did. the next, like, ten minutes of the movie, yeah. So he, he phone babysitter. Miles grabs a pitchfork, can't bring his sweaty ass to kill Becky's double, but he sure as can from stabbed the fuck out of his double. Well, so he goes back in there, like, within, like, the five minutes since they discovered the pods opening, the pods have already turned into fully evolved versions of the clones of everyone in the house, right? Yeah. Which, so much for fucking the doctor's idea that, like, oh, we have plenty of time to go out and do a search for more pods, because it's gonna take a while before these become these things become fully formed and become in danger. Nope, it took about three minutes. Yeah. Yep, all the lines are busy, so they leave the phone off the hook and get the heck out of there. They stop to get gas. He uses a payphone to call his nurse, but I guess she doesn't pick up. And because uh, he says on the voiceover, for some reason, she could still be trusted. I, because I think otherwise, I think even the audiences in the 50s would be like, what the fuck are you doing? But that's why yeah. they had to put in a like, fucking voiceover being like, oh, no, I know it doesn't make any sense now, but then I just assumed. Because like the, so, he has to say that a couple times leading up to the point where they actually end up to her, going to her. Yeah, it's... Mm. So uh, he notices the full service guy fuck with his trunk. Yeah. And sure, they could be checking his spare Talk tire. Talk about a plot but point that wouldn't not. work in 2019. Aside from all the <laughs> the fact that he's there just to use the uh, the phone to call his secretary. But the fact that, like, yeah, yeah you have to, like, this full service uh, uh, dude, you have to worry about him. Like, yeah, he may left an alien. He wasn't trying to replace my tire. He was trying to nope. impregnate they a car over. with an e a fucking egg. Check the trunk, and oh no, there's two pods in there. Oh, no. So he lights a flare. <laughs> well, first he lifts these incredibly <laughs> heavy pods. The fucking paper mache pods, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, 
He could have put like a sack of flour in each one to give it a little bit of heft, but yeah, come on. These pods light on fly fire like they're made out of some yeah. sort of papier-mâché. Especially, it's just a road flare, too. It's not like he's, yeah, yeah it's Bill. not a direct flame or anything. I either. can't believe we've been saying papier-mâché papier wrong, wrong this entire episode <laughs> so far. I'm a little oh, disappointed. God, what episode was that, that we got that from? That was, uh, uh, oh, that was uh, some... the Black Cat. Okay, I was gonna say it's because that was some old 1930s shit, but Papa Mushroom. Yeah. Right? Papa So, uh, he tells. They go to Sally's house. Uh, this is the whole rest of the movie take place in one night? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Okay. And the next morning. So, yeah, pretty much, yeah. On to Sally's house they go. They gotta take that chance for reasons. Plus, there's a bunch of cars in front of her place, which wasn't that unusual on Thursdays, because that's when the weekly key parties were happening. Oh, God. Yeah. But he gotta be sure. He needs to tell... Yeah, really, like, he, the, the only thing that the voiceover keeps on keeps on driving the point home is, like, Becky is the only person I think I can trust. With what? Like, I'm, and it's, yeah. it's not even like he's saying that he's gonna go to try to rescue Becky, but, like, even if Becky's not there, even if, and if you're not trying to rescue Becky, what... You, Becky, gonna be to you? Like, she's not the cops. She's not gonna like. Does she have access to anything that they need? No, leave down. It's just dumb. It's just a reason for him. It's, it really is just busy work. A reason for all why all the characters don't instantly leave. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he he sneaks around to the side and peeks in the window and just sees the wettest orgy happening inside. It is nasty 1950s. It is kind of a Tupperware party, but instead of Tupperware, they're, they're showing off this year's latest fashions in giant paper mache pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she's just like, the baby's asleep, I'll put the pod in there with the baby. Do they and really then- need, like, a group meeting with a dozen people to figure out how they're going to stick this pod on a, a fucking sleeping baby? Like how did yeah. they, how did this invasion ever happen so quickly? If they need to like team up to figure out how to get, how to attack a sleeping child, ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. So it's just they just it, I, I get that they just want to have a little bit of exposition to give something kind of extra horrifying for fucking UHF to discover, and like this idea that they would be going out of the way to like convert this but uh, this child, this sleeping baby, but it just it's mm-hmm. just dumb as hell. Yeah. Yeah. So. um... The cop that grabs him by the shell there says, Hey, Miles, we've been looking for you. Go on inside. But Miles gives him the old one, two, and punches him. And then he runs. And, uh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Kelsey's home. And then the punch... <laughs> she she the just guy, I forgot she can't know that we're still recording the podcast. Yeah. The, the man who got punched says, Oh, I should have really seen that one coming. And now the cops are looking for them. Mm-hmm. Oh no, so much spoopy footage of cops just driving around. And then they go to a used car lot. Yeah, and like I thought they were going to. montages gonna... of cops. I, just like amps... I thought they were going to switch out their car with a used car and steal a car to no. get on town. And no, he just puts a, a price tag on his windshield and they go up to his office. I, mean, I guess maybe the, like, the no, lock cars don't no have one. gas or, or keys, but like. No one will think to look in his office for him. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking movie. <laughs> I we need you know what at this point we really do need to see the remake just to see. I'm assuming it's only like a remake in name only. I can't imagine like it's the exact same plot or anything like that because holy shit could this movie needs a remake just just oh fuck. So, so uh, many rough edges yeah. that need to be uh, polished over. Yeah, so uh 
they do look for them at his office, but they don't look that hard. They didn't check the closet that they're hiding in. Exactly, yeah. And they leave. Like, like security guy just comes up to the closet, doesn't bother to open it, but even though he's kind of staring at it for five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And Miles says, they just gotta wait till Jack gets help, and it'll be smooth sailing. <sighs> maybe he, he should have left he, with Jack. May, maybe he didn't go to college. <laughs> so... Then they take pills to stay awake and start talking all 1950s style about how only now when they have to fight to stay human do they realize how absolutely precious it is to be human. Mm -hmm. And then they smooch and then it's the next morning. Oh, okay. So this next day is pretty much a whole Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then his office phone is ringing, but they won't answer it because Jack isn't stupid enough to contact, use it to contact them. Yeah. And they look outside, and everything's going on like a normal day, except when the morning bus pulls up and strangers get off, they just get escorted away by police. And then everybody in town comes together to have a pod people meeting, and uh, they s- distribute more pods, and they Literally spread Literally three trucks of pods pull up, and everyone just grabs them and takes them home. It's it's pretty... That's actually kind of comical, and it kind of... Yeah, I, I just thought it was... Yeah. Especially because it is, like, you know, it's a movie from the 1950s, so it's, like, a perfectly idyllic little 1955 Southern California town, and everyone just, like, walking off with these alien uh, pods. It's just... that That's kind of funny. So the people who are on the bus that shows up, are those just... Those are unconverted people coming in from out of town, right? Correct. Oh, okay, yeah. Hence why they're all just rounded and, up and, and, and siphoned off to the side and, immediately. Okay. Yeah. Miles says he can't wait for Jack any longer. They gotta get the fuck out of there. But what luck, Jack is at the door. And he's like, oh, it's good time it there, Jack. The whole town is pot people. And Jack is like, fuck yeah, it is. But there's still these two assholes who won't give it up. No. Oh, no. Jack's a pod man. Yeah, Turns out the tennis, tennis boy is an asshole all along. And also the psychiatrist is there too, saying, uh, we're both men of science. All of our favorite characters. We're both men of science, and fuck, baby, it's so cool being a pop person. The pies came from space, able to copy anything on Earth. Hot damn, it makes you so juicy, you know what I mean? Hells yeah. You don't think you, you'll think it's totally awesome too once you join us. And, but they don't explain how it works, but okay. No, it's but just... anyway. Yeah, now we and have it, no emotions. Do they explain that they have no emotions, or does uh, Becky ask or something like that? How does this... Well, My- Miles is like, what about Becky? Will I still love her? Oh, that's what it is. Like he's like, love is stupid. No need for love once you're a <laughs> pop person. There's a bunch of 12-year-olds. They're like, you like girls? Girls got cooties. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Miles is like, ah, that, that sounds groovy and everything, but no thanks. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you ain't got no choice. And then they leave to go sit in his waiting room. Leave him alone for reasons. Or just because you got to give him a chance to escape. Mm-hmm. And he goes and grabs some scalpers and is like, oh, that won't work. It's three against one. And, and Becky's like, nah, boys, two versus three. I'm a thug. And he's, <laughs> She throws up a gang sign. Mm-hmm. She, he, he locks the doors, fills some syringes with some shit, gives one to her, and is like, hey, go wait by the desk. And then he goes into his closet, kicks some shit over, and when the pod people try to get back in, he goes around to the other side behind them through a sneaky door. Yeah. And stabs them in the ass. That's the one clever syringes. bit of staging is how he surprises these guys, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Kachunki, <laughs> right in their buttholes. And they wrestle on the floor for a bit, and the fat cop bursts in, and Becky takes her time, watches him get beat up a bit, and before she stabs the cop with his syringe, and I guess these pop people are dead now. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so interesting. I the- wonder, do you think, well, I guess especially if you know they're pod people, then why not kill them? Because they're not yeah. really human at that point. 
Yeah, I mean, I so guess the idea is that they are human because I've copied human beings so well, but, like, the, again, yeah, the, 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 it doesn't Don't matter. The movie's it. not worried about we shouldn't be either. No. They go to the back door. It's got a padlock on it, and he says it's no use. The only other way out is the front door, and somebody may be watching it, but they'll have to chance it. Or you could check the dead bodies for keys. No? Get a, okay. You know, it's a large public building. Just go see if there's a fucking fire axe or something that you, you use to wha whack that lock off. There's Yeah, you have options, but no. Let's just go outside and pretend to be pod people. Well, he's, and yeah, pray he to says, God a dog eyes. doesn't run into traffic right in front of you while you're doing it. Yeah. Keep, keep your eyes wide and motionless, which she does a good job of, but he's looking around all nervously. He's, yeah, he's the one who's being all like, <laughs> and he's like unshaven and stuff too, so he looks extra. He's not doing a good job of this shit. Yeah, he walks up to a random cop and is like, hey, uh, we're with you here now. Uh, we're one of you. Why take this risk? Well, who knows? But, uh, whatever. But then a dog runs to the street. The car is coming and Becky's like, oh, no, doggy. And the cop is like, hey, that wasn't very pod-like. <laughs> I better go inside and see what's going on. I thought this was going to lead to an amazing chase where, like, suddenly everyone in town just suddenly turns on them at the same time. No, it's just the cop kind of going, exactly like what you're saying, like, huh, that's not pod-like. It's just, the stakes could have been so much more interesting at that moment, but instead it's just... Yeah. Uh. He finds the bodies, goes back to his car, and is like, hey, turn the siren on. And it's a terrible barking sound. Merv, Merv, Merv. And they I, run into the hills, yeah. being chased by the whole. Oh yeah, town. this is the whole rest of the but movie, pretty much. Yeah, okay. Luckily, the town stays in a single file chase line. Yeah. So the fastest runners won't catch and them. And they're not trying to run or anything like that. They're just kind of moving at the same speed that the heroes are, and kind of fumbling over the mountains from the beginning of Mash, I guess. It's that same Southern yeah. California. A bunch of mountains where everything in the world, like that, I'm sure Batman's cave is right below them or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Then Miles and Becky make sure to run through wide open areas where they're easily spotted. <sighs> kudos, and but you know, kudos for her for running in the heels. Mm -hmm. Good job. Uh, yeah, actually, they, even climbing a small hill in heels would not be fun or easy. But yeah, no. So they enter an old mining cave and want to hang out in there. They get under some floorboards. I thought that was pretty clever. All the, that was pretty cool. All the pod people run over top of them and be like, we don't want to hurt you. There's a lot of great shots of the pod people running over them, and you get to kind of see them from the from the floor up, and like all these fat white guys, like hoofing over the floorboards. Yeah, that was pretty great. Not a, not a lot of ladies in dresses chasing them. Oh, what That'd be so, great anyway. if the fucking doctor's like, like, oh, 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 oh. and the Becky's like <laughs> slapping him beneath the floorboards and gives him away. Uh, yeah, but he looks up and says, so, Patricia doesn't wear panties. The rumors are true. Oh, no, she does shave. I have my dreams. Mm. Are, <laughs> ah, my greatest fantasy. Come to so, life. They decide they're not in the cave and every, all the pod people leave. And later, Becky's so tired. She's been up for like 24 hours. Hey, didn't people in the 1950s used to do dance contests for like eight months yeah. straight where they just Although, danced fair, until they died? They had stayed up all throughout the previous night into the today, and it's already been, it's been more than 24. By the next morning, mm. like, it's been like 36 hours. Oh, no, she, I, she was passed out drunk when he found her That's in the Because the, the, they, they have slept since things have happened. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, again, this, I mean, this is the part of the movie where the rules really get to start to get fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. All it takes is a couple seconds, I guess, but whatever. Yeah. All you really so do have to see. Close your eyes for. T yeah. Hmm. 
he hears some singing, and I guess that means there might be humans They around, can't tell so. the difference between a live choir over the next hill and a <laughs> fucking tinny car radio from 1955. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, hey, I'm going to go check that out. I think the smartest thing is for you to stay here where I can't keep an eye on you. Uh, I'm going to go check. Yeah, um, even though I know if you close your eyes for more than 10 seconds, that means you're death, but... Yep, uh, he looks at hey, humans, it's pop people loading up pods, just listening to a radio, and uh, he goes back to the cave you know to what? check they Becky. You moment where, because like, they're listening to what sounds like to be a normal radio station, it would have been great if it had like, been pod people music or something like that. <laughs> just to <laughs> yeah. show that how far the uh, their influence has already stretched to, it could have been like a news report about how they're looking for, like, he's the last person we haven't been able to find yet, or something like that, but no, it's just they're listening yeah. to like Benny Goodman or something like that. Yep, so uh, he comes back, and she is so tired. He's got a carrier. No. He carries her from the cave, and he's carrying her, and they're both so tired and muddy and exhausted, and they fall in a muddy puddle, and he does the only sensible thing. He starts making out with her. Which, yeah. Um, but he kisses her, and he realizes through the kisses, it's not her because it's, she uses so much teeth that her lips are so dry. It's gross. Also, when he's kissing her, she says kiss back. She doesn't know what kiss is, so it's even extra <laughs> just like, what? So there's insinuation that she didn't just turn in the five minutes. So I guess... No, so I guess she must have turned while he was looking for the radio thing. And so the like the minute or two when he comes back, she's just pretending not to be a pod person until he I kisses guess. her. Yeah. Um, then I do like the shots just... of the close-up of both of them being kind of dirty yelling at each other as he's figuring it out. That That's kind of nice. But... Yeah. Um, she says, hey, I'm one of them now. You gotta accept us. And he says, no. Never, ever. I never do it. And he runs never away. Ever. And she shouts at him, hey, he's in here. Come get him. And his voiceover says he never knew fear until he kissed Becky. Her lips were so chapped. And it was just wholly unpleasant. And he keeps running. Running to the highway, which he does. And the pod people who are chasing him are like, oh, whatever. Eh, he's going to believe his crazy ass. He's covered in mud. He's acting like an asshole. We've chased him over 10 miles of mountainous terrain, but now he's turned <laughs> the bend towards the freeway. He should stop now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, he's just running around in the middle of traffic saying, look, you fool. They're already here. You're all in danger. You're next. You're next. Uh, he does pass a truck. Uh, it says uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle uh, oh. on the side of it. And as the truck passes by, you get to see that's also loaded full of... Uh, that of pods, which means that we should be double fucked considering I live in Portland. You live like literally about a minute and a half outside of Portland. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're, 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 yep. we're, I guess we've been pods this whole time and didn't even know it. Um, yep. And so they get back to the president with him telling the doctors uh, the story, and he's upset because they think he's crazy because he's actually crazy. And they all leave the room, and he's like, Well, I'd call him a March hare, as crazy as a March hare. But then some guy gets wheeled in on a gurney from a car wreck. He's all busted up. He's got a broken this, the dad, the other. A truck hit him. It was the strangest thing I've ever done seen. Truck was carrying these, uh, these, like, giant seed pods. <laughs> Look at the smacking like, of the lips. We'll try to figure out what they are, yeah. They're like, where was it coming from? And he says, Santa Maria. 
Oh, dramatic music, and that's all these fools need. They start blocking Rhodes and calling the FBI. And he, Miles leans against the wall and is like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh it's all over, I guess. How are they going to know who's part of person? It's never established that you can ever tell the difference. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, that's the only thing. The only appreciable difference between a pod person and a normal person, they don't have emotions. And they yeah. seem to be aware that they're part of an alien invasion, but that's it. Like, it's not like they're any more indestructible or smarter or anything like that. It's just, yeah. The end. The Humans win? <laughs> so, I didn't realize this until uh, looking at the trivia for this movie. Did you know that the, the book ends? The, the, the whole thing with uh, UHF being interrogated... Uh, by the cops and ha- his voiceover and everything. That was added later because I guess the original ending was supposed to be him in traffic screaming, you're next, you're next. Especially, it's weird because the way it's staged, he does that thing they do in the movie sometimes where they like, want to scare the audience by having the, the actor d- pretty much directly just like confront the audience, essentially like staring at the audience and yelling at them. And yeah. obviously you can totally tell how this movie was supposed to end with him saying, you're next, you're next, and it would have said the end of question mark or anything like that. I guess the producers, uh, they chickened out the last minute. They decided that was too much of a bummer ending. And so they went back a couple months later. Yeah, and and just filmed, like, a couple days worth of just, like, them, just, like, the wraparound stuff of, like, well, maybe, like, we'll find out. uh, The United States government will find out what's going on and have a chance to fight back before everyone's taken over. And it's just dumb. It's They didn't do that. That would have been the one remarkable thing about this movie. If they had stuck to the original ending, would have been... That would have been a potent ending. Yeah. But, nope, they fucked it up. And so, instead, it's just kind of like a big shoulder shrug of an ending for a big shoulder shrug of a movie. So, yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I'll lick my balls. <sighs> Not even angry about find it. Find out just... water kills him or anything. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Exactly, like that. yeah. Suddenly turns into. What's the shitty Shaw Mayali on. Oh, God, what the fuck is his name? All of them? <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Oh, <laughs> God. Shimali- what signs? That's one thing. Because that's yeah. an alien invasion movie. But yeah, if there had been some kind of interesting twist to the aliens. Or just, again, if their basic plot and how they operated made any sense. They had just spent, like, two minutes more just explaining, okay, like, if you do this, you go to sleep, and if you, once your consciousness is downloaded, it's, it's like, the original body just disintegrates or something like that. And uh, just because characters fall asleep in between coming back to mirrors, yeah. so, so they should have been turned into clones yeah, when, a couple, when, couple when times Jack's- over. When Jack's body is on the... the they're, they're both asleep uh-huh, exactly, the yeah. table. Makes so, no damn sense. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you, movie. But yeah, there's not much in the way of other <laughs> trivia or anything about this. The actual most, yeah, I think the most interesting trivia is the fact that Morticia is Teddy. But... Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it was fine, I guess. Why did you choose that movie? Any particular movie? reason? Not really. <laughs> just I it just was short? I knew we, yeah, that, and we had talked about it a bunch, and I didn't want to waste an October for it. Yeah. And I had I watched the first half an hour, um, and I was like, eh, I guess I should finish it. <laughs> You're that committed, and yeah, for yeah. a movie that short, watching the first half hour, you've already watched like the better part of half of it already. So yeah. Yeah, because you had some ideas for maybe doing another episode, but that got shunted and stuff like that, and who knows, Wolf, that might be the next. Because we're, yeah, we are getting closer to two episode 200, and I think we did okay. figure out what we're going to do for that, which is not going to be anything special or amazing, or not like too special, like, God forbid it's just a retrospective or something like that. But. Bill, it's our podcast, it's never anything special <laughs> or amazing. It's special to me, I like our podcast, <laughs> our dingy little goofy podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, yeah, so this is, the, as we're recording this, this is episode, what, nine, 198? So yeah. we got one last episode of us just being normal assholes before the the celebration of 200. and Before the, the crown prince comes in and dubs us podcast gods. Exactly. You know what, the fact that, like, considering, like, literally three people listen to us, the fact that we've done 200 of these is pretty amazing like so many people in the world say oh i'm gonna do a podcast with a friend and you do like 12 of them maybe at the most and they just get distracted and no we've done this for four years this is we can't say yeah. we didn't commit to this holy shit so but yeah anyway it's almost time for you to quit and go to the big leagues with your retro knots oh yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah anyone fool. Uh, anyone who's listening probably already knows that, uh, yeah, I guested on the Retronauts podcast last week. They wanted me to talk about, uh, Howard and Nestor, the comic strip from Nintendo Power, because I drew the last Howard and Nestor strip for Nintendo Power, uh, for the last mm-hmm. issue right before it was gone out of business, and, uh, the podcast lo- <laughs> ran long, and so I didn't have much to contribute. That's never, it's never happened with you I, on a podcast. Well, you know, to be fair, it wasn't entirely my fault. At one mm. point, Henry Gilbert, he goes off on, on a thing about, like, manga, the history of manga and stuff like that. Which, I'm not saying blame me on anyone like that, but, yeah, they said that we only had an hour to record. And I, even while listening to that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be quiet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's actually not just me, like, sidetracking us. Other people are getting sidetracked. I actually felt a little <laughs> happy. So, but, yeah, it was, those, those guys are very sweet. And I'm sure that's going to be the first and last time I am invited on their show. Because every time I've ever well, invited to be a guest on anyone's show, I've never invited back. So... I, actually, isn't that the second time you've been on Retro Dots? Uh, you know, would it be? Because, because I'm pretty sure I remember back when they relaunched it. I think they let people call in. Oh, and, you know what? That could have been. I'm pretty it. sure I recognized your voice saying something about <laughs> fucking shy guys in the mouth or oh, something. Yeah. I don't. Oh remember. yeah, I would be. Would, I don't think Jeremy Parrish would have like, on the air. I was like, was that? Bill? Oh no! I have to go back and check. It could be possible. Like it was yeah. funny because the hosts were asking me if I'd been on the show before, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I've done enough podcasts now. Who the fuck knows? Yep. But yeah, so, so we're check that out. Yeah. Hey, but what are we doing next time? God, this is this is gonna be weird. I only realized last week that I had never seen Toy Story before. <laughs> I watched the weird. first half hour of it. I was like. Eh, I should probably save. Well, I started tweeting about it, and I got distracted when I stopped watching it. Because it's so. It, I don't want to be that person who's like, it's so scary, but it's kind of creepy. No, I watched it for well, not all of it, but I watched a good chunk of it for the first time, and it's. It, oh, just recently. Yeah, like last, like a day or two before you start tweeting about. Oh, it. Oh, that's funny. It on, okay. It was on the Disney Channel, and I was like. Yeah, because I saw you had made some tweets about Toy Story. Yeah, it's it's um, we'll go into more depth when we talk about it, but uh, uh, it's not age well. It it doesn't well. It's not so much that it's just oh, really um, okay. Because that's it for me. It, yeah, the characters are not the characters that they become at all. Doesn't I know? I like Woody's kind of a asshole in that movie. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get that far. He's to not find the out. lovable lovable cowboy from two and three i literally got as far as the first shot where you see buzz lightyear buzz lightyear Mm. standing on andy's bed and woody's looking up from behind him and the camera pans up like you get the super close-up shot of uh, buzz lightyear's face and the way his eyes are painted on he's got this wall-eyed stare i was like that is ghastly shit i'm done with this for now 
And I'll decide if I want to... Like, I'm only going to watch the rest of it so if it's for Tired of the Party. And I was like, oh, fuck it, why not? This is... I, under normal circumstances, I would have probably saved this for a rainy day, but, like, we're close to 200 enough. I said, fuck it, this is... Uh, Toy Story is a good 199 episode conversation starter because me, I was surprised that, like... I didn't realize Toy Story was popular as it is because I was tweeting on... Twitter about how, okay, I've never seen Toy Story before. Everyone's like, really? And I'm like, who gives a fuck about Toy Story that much? That's like a big, like, you're like a social outcast if you haven't seen Toy Story before. Anyway, yeah. so. Anyway, that's Toy Story. Time. Toy Story. This time, it was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I want my five bucks back from my dudes for Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> it's a good prequel to yeah. UHF. That's all. That's the only good thing about it. Mm, oh, yeah, my God. So. Yeah, I got nothing else. I guess, I guess we'll go take a nap and turn into pod people. Can't be any worse than <laughs> watching this movie. I'm trying to figure how we would. How do we wrap this up with your next? Your next? I can't do that because my next episode is my pick. Otherwise, I'd be mm. like, "Hey, guess who gets to choose which the topic is next week?" I'd say, "You're next. You're next." Um, yeah. Maybe I'll do a voiceover for this podcast at the end where I'm like. At that moment, I knew the podcast had totally gone off the rails. It was time for the podcast to end. Or we'll just end it. We'll just end it, yeah. That's it. We never think of anything creative. I think we did did the one time at the end of... um, uh, Was it the train thing we did something? No... Where uh, I've edited, I've edited a Mr. Couple. Smith, Mr. Smith goes to Washington where one of us pulls the gu- pulls a gun out and shoots the other guy. <laughs> Did we do that? Yeah. Okay. I I know I've gone back and edited a couple episodes to end with just a uh, random natural explosion, but yeah, nuclear explosion, yep. not uh, natural explosion. Oh so anyway, my god, guys, that was that. I got anything else? You got anything else? Nope, Phil? that's it. Fuck you, movie. Yeah, fucking movie. Okay. So keep filling your holes with pop culture. So long, everyone. Take care, guys. I just had a jump and the hut sound came out of me. Ah, 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 ah.